Good morning, everyone. I'd like to begin by respectfully acknowledging the vast ancestral lands, territories, and boundaries of Blackfoot Confederacy. <clears throat> we also acknowledge the Sutina Deneita First Nations, the Stony Nakota Sioux First Nations, the Chiniki, the Bear's Paw, and the Wesley First Nations. The city of Calgary is also home to the Métis Nation of Alberta, region number three. Today, many Indigenous and non-Indigenous nations call this area home on these traditional lands. I am very happy to be here to share some good news coming to Alberta's primary health care system. Primary health care is an Albertan's first contact with the health system, usually in the community and through a family physician. Every Albertan deserves to have access to high-quality primary care. We know that currently many Albertans cannot find a family doctor or have trouble getting in to see the current one that they have. Many feel there is no one to help them with the care they need, so they end up going to an emergency department at a hospital or not getting any care at all. Alberta is not alone in trying to deal with these challenges. Similar pressures are occurring throughout the whole country, and in fact, this is something I heard from my colleagues, the Ministers of Health from across Canada when I was in PEI last week. We know we need to deal with these challenges right now. And I want to be very clear today. Alberta's government is fully, and I mean fully, committed to taking action to stabilize, to strengthen, and to improve Alberta's primary health care system. One goal is for every Albertan to have access to a primary health care provider when and where they need it. Another goal is for Indigenous peoples to have access to appropriate care that meets the unique needs of their communities and is free of racism. There are no easy solutions to get us to where we need to be on both these fronts. To achieve these goals, we must make primary health care the foundation of the entire health care system. It will mean less pressure on our emergency rooms, our hospitals, and other parts of the healthcare system. It's about supporting the entirety of the healthcare system as a whole for the benefit of every Albertan. The Modernizing Alberta's Primary Healthcare System Initiative, known as MAPS, is a critical part of this shift. As you may recall, advisory panels made up of primary healthcare leaders, Indigenous peoples and national and global experts were created as part of MAPS last fall by the previous Minister of Health, Jason Copping. The panels were, were tasked with identifying immediate, medium and long-term improvements to strengthen Alberta's primary health care system. The panels submitted their final reports and recommendations last spring, and we have reviewed their work and are releasing these reports today. So I want to thank everyone who helped craft these recommendations, some of whom are standing with me here today. It is indeed excellent work. And I know they were built based on what people in the system told you they need, since you led extensive engagement with healthcare professionals, including Indigenous healthcare leaders, and patients over many months to help you land on these sets of recommendations. Thank you in particular to Dr. Janet Reynolds, and Dr. Tyler White, both of whom are here with me today, 
for your leadership in the panel's efforts. The recommendations will be our guideposts for actions to build a better system. And while we work with our partners, including Indigenous communities, on how we can best act on these recommendations in the medium and longer term, we are also taking immediate action where we can. We know that we cannot wait to make changes. Albertans need better access and our healthcare providers need our help as soon as possible. So today, I am pleased to announce a number of immediate actions that will help to stabilize and strengthen Alberta's primary healthcare system. <clears throat> First, we will be forming a task force with a number of specific tasks, including developing an improved compensation model for family medicine, with the goal to better support physicians and their teams to have a viable practice that can meet all the care needs of their patients. I want to highlight the importance of this piece. Doctors deserve to be fairly compensated and we are committed to ensuring family physicians have a compensation model that allows them to provide the highest quality care for their patients. Second, the task force will find ways for primary care providers to spend more time with their patients. This means finding more efficient ways to manage administrative work, like filling out forms, tracking lab results, and managing referrals. It also means increasing supports to help manage practices and build teams so all providers are working to their full capacity. And finally, the task force will also recommend other measures that can be implemented in the short term to further stabilize primary care. The work will begin immediately and it will have a very short window. In fact, I'm asking the task force to provide me with an interim report by January and final report by March. That said, if there are recommendations that can be implemented sooner, we will move forward sooner. We are taking other immediate actions as well including providing $57 million over three years to family physicians and nurse practitioners with the, initial support, with the initial support they need to help manage their increasing number of patients. This funding is worth up to $10,000 each year for an individual physician. I know for many family physicians, this initial investment is an important first step in stabilization. Also, we are developing a memorandum of understanding with the Medical, Alberta Medical Association to collaborate on a new physician compensation model and to modernize and stabilize primary care. In addition, we will be expanding online mental health services to allow doctors to bill for virtual mental health checks and therapy and by compensating them for extra time spent with patients virtually. Another immediate action will be to ensure doctors get paid if patients cannot provide insurance coverage. This is also known as good faith claims. Alberta's government is also putting a nurse practitioner payment model in place so that nurse practitioners have the support they need to open their own clinics, take on patients, and offer services based on their scope of practice, training, and expertise. Nurse practitioners are skilled healthcare professionals who play a vital role in modern healthcare. Nurse practitioners undergo a rigorous training program that includes both ongoing educational, clinical, and certification components. 
their training combined with practical experience allows them to provide a wide range of healthcare services, which include diagnosing and treating acute and chronic and <clears throat> pardon me, treating acute and chronic medical conditions, prescribing medications, and preventative care. Taken all together, these immediate actions will help to address urgent pressures and strengthen primary health care, as well as improving access to family medicine. This is exactly what Albertans need. I want to talk now about what we are doing to address the other goal I mentioned earlier, which is for Indigenous peoples to have access to appropriate care that meets the unique needs of their communities and is free of racism. Many Indigenous patients and families do not access the healthcare system because they do not trust it and because they face language barriers and experience racism and are often re-traumatized from telling their experience multiple times during their healthcare journey. I want to be very clear that this is completely unacceptable. First Nations, Métis and Inuit peoples have a strong and proud history in Alberta. And it is important that the healthcare system is designed and delivered in true partnership with Indigenous peoples. We have just begun to build more meaningful connections with Indigenous leaders, their health directors, and their communities to identify opportunities and improvements, and we must do more. To start us on a path to achieve this goal, we will establish an Indigenous health division within the Alberta Health Ministry dedicated to supporting the health and well-being of Indigenous people and fostering relationships. This commitment enables Alberta Health to work with Indigenous health leaders in an ongoing, meaningful way. Also, we will invest $20 million into an Indigenous primary health care innovation fund. The fund will be used for innovative primary health care services and initiatives designed and delivered by Indigenous communities. This investment will help Indigenous peoples deliver comprehensive primary health care closer to their communities. An Indigenous patient complaints investigator and an elders roster will also be created. The elders roster will guide Indigenous peoples through the complaints process by providing spiritual and cultural support from the beginning of their complaint to resolution. <clears throat> Grant funding for a community-based Indigenous patient navigator program will also be made available to First Nations, Métis and Inuit serving organizations so they can recruit community-based Indigenous patient navigators. These navigators will provide a pivotal role in establishing relationships between patients and health system providers and will support Indigenous peoples throughout their health care journey. While I am proud of the immediate actions we are taking today, I know there is more work to do. To all Albertans, I want to say, this is only the beginning. We will keep our sleeves rolled up and work with our partners across the whole healthcare system to build a medium and long-term plan. Today's announcement is an important first step that places primary care as the foundation of our healthcare system. Our government is firmly committed to meeting and addressing the challenges identified in the MAPS reports. We know, the best path, we know that the best path forward is to keep connected to the people who work in our, with our patients day in and day out 
And oftentimes, they are the ones that know what changes will need to happen to have the greatest impact. So thank you all for being here, and I will now invite the Strategic Advisory Panel Co-Chair, Dr. Janet Reynolds, to say a few words. Thank you, Minister LaGrange, and good morning, everyone. I am beyond excited to be here on behalf of Dr. Brad Baylor, my co-chair for the MAPS Strategic Advisory Panel, and Drs. Jennifer Najenga and Richard Luanchuk, the International Panel Co-Chairs. The public release of the MAPS report has been anticipated by many, and we are very proud of the final product. It's hard to believe it was last September we stood here with then-Minister Copping announcing the Modernizing Alberta's Primary Healthcare System initiative that sought to create a roadmap to reorient our health system in primary care. Historically, Alberta has been a leader in primary care, but we have fallen behind. From the very beginning, we recognized the magnitude of the task and the incredible opportunity we had in front of us that would help shape a healthier future for all Albertans, including a healthy workforce. Given the tight timeline of six months, the commitment from the team at Alberta Health to support the panel work was incredible. The panel represented a broad range of stakeholders from health professions, including family physicians in both rural and urban settings, registered nurses, nurse practitioners, pharmacists, health regulatory bodies, and academic divisions. And I hope I didn't leave anybody out. Most importantly, we had the involvement of Alberta citizens, truly modeling the direction we were given, Albertans as partners at all levels from design to implementation. There is input in this report from all over Alberta, Canada, and beyond. We've done our best to learn from other jurisdictions, build on our strengths, but it is clear a simple cut-and-paste approach won't work. A process with such massive engagement resulted in some tensions and competing priorities. This was inevitable given the context of healthcare delivery, rural, rural, remote, and urban. No two locations are the same. And I firmly believe that these tensions serve to strengthen the content in the 11 recommendations. For some, the recommendations will not go far or fast enough. For others, implementation of the 11 recommendations might feel uncomfortable. There is no perfect system. We view the recommendations as a package and recognize the need for a carefully planned transition. We also need to recognize that we will be learning and adapting along the way. Speaking personally as a family physician with a leadership role in a primary care network, it has felt like we've reached our maximum potential in the current structure. The MAPS recommendations represent a leap forward for our primary health care system, serving to strengthen and clarify governance and community involvement. The report also recognizes the need for collaboration across multiple government departments. Integrated team-based care that allows Albertans to access primary care from the most appropriate team member at the right time in the right place is the only way to ensure equitable access to care across our province. I know Minister LaGrange understands this, but I want to emphasize the 11 recommendations in the Strategic Advisory Panel report should be considered together with the independent advice in the Indigenous Panel report. Synergy should be sought, equity advanced, and actions to eliminate discrimination and racism in our healthcare system should be immediate. And so with that, I will turn the mic over to Dr. Tyler White, Chair of the Indigenous Panel. Thank you, Dr. Reynolds. And first off, um, I want to just say it's an honor to be here. I'm glad to be here and uh, also support Minister LaGrange. Thank you. Uh, that means good morning in our language, 
And uh, my Blackfoot name is Natuyu Pita Witan. That is Holy Eagle Shield. And uh, my name is Tyler White. I'm the CEO of Sixka Health Services and also the co-chair of the Indigenous Advisory Panel. You know, I'm pleased to present today as co-chair the Indigenous Advisory Panel to support the important recommendations and implementation plans contained in the reports presented today. One, the Strategic Advisory Panel's final report on modernizing Alberta's primary healthcare system, or MAPS initiative and the Indigenous Advisory Final Report titled Honoring Our Roots, Growing Together Towards a Culturally Safe, Holistic Primary Health Care System for Indigenous People. The Indigenous Advisory Panel holds immense responsibility and plays an important role in identifying meaningful and practical recommendations to ensure that First Nations, Métis, and Inuit people have access to high-quality, culturally safe primary health care services, no matter where they live in Alberta. Our recommendations reflect health interests, needs, and aspirations of Indigenous people and communities throughout Alberta. We have received feedback from First Nation chiefs, Métis leaders, and feedback from Indigenous patients, health directors, youth, and healthcare providers from Treaty 6, 7, and 8, Métis Settlements, and the Métis Nation of Alberta, and other key stakeholders. The Indigenous Primary Healthcare Advisory Panel's 22 recommendations can be grouped into five themes. One, first, we must move forward to improve health equity for First Nations, Métis, Inuit people in Alberta in a way that honors and respects Indigenous expertise, knowledge, and traditional healing, and the distinct needs of First Nations, Métis, and Inuit people. Second, racism against Indigenous people in Alberta's healthcare system is not acceptable and must be addressed immediately. Third, we must build a system that includes culturally safe care and a strong Indigenous workforce. Primary health care services must be designed and delivered by First Nations, Métis, and Inuit people in their communities and or close to home. Fourth, there is a need to create space for system innovation and support core community capacity to design and deliver culturally safe primary health care services for Indigenous people. Finally, Indigenous people must have ownership and steward the design and delivery of healthcare systems, services that impact the health and well-being of their communities. I'm pleased to announce that of the recommendations put forward by the Indigenous Advisory Panel, that four of these recommendations will be implemented immediately. Immediate actions include creating an Indigenous Health Division within Alberta Health, creating a $20 million fund for Indigenous communities to develop and run their own innovative primary health care services and projects, creating an Indigenous patient complaints investigator that will investigate and work to address concerns Indigenous people experience while interacting with the health care system. 
This work will include forming an elders roster to guide Indigenous people throughout the complaints process, setting up a com community-based Indigenous patient navigator program to support Indigenous people throughout their healthcare journey. I often am asked to describe in simple terms what these proposed changes might look like in practice in my community. Borrowing from the wisdom of my friend and Dr. Alika LaFontaine, past president of the Canadian Medical Association, I would say that we will have a less complex system and what we do not obsess about moving patients from one silo to another, physician to nurse practitioner, to pharmacist and back again. Instead, Alberta's modernized primary care system will focus on who can do the work, who has the skills to perform the services safely and is regulated to perform those skills. This is the potential workforce. Who does the work? Who actually does the work in the active workforce? How can we task shift changing the person who does not, the, does not do the work in the real time and task share more than one person doing the task at the same time the work? As CEO of Sixka Health Services and a Sixka Nation member myself, I know the best solutions exist within our respective communities, tailored for our unique needs and priorities. The commitments made today are an important first step toward improving health equity for Indigenous people, regardless of where they live in Alberta. And we call on the federal government to look at what is being done here in Alberta through the work of Alberta's Strategic Advisory Panel and the Indigenous Primary Healthcare Advisory Panel to modernize their own approach and their important role and responsibility in advancing equitable healthcare for Indigenous people in Alberta and across Canada. Thank you, and we look forward to reporting on the progress to implement these recommendations in the months and years ahead I will now invite Dr. De Kahuna to share some remarks. Thank you, Dr. White. And thank you, Minister Lagrange, for the invitation to speak today. So I'm Noel De Kahuna, the president of the Alberta College of Family Physicians, and also a rural family physician practicing in the small town of Westlock, an hour north of Edmonton where for the past 33 years I've been serving the community with uh, cradle-to-grave care. So this MAPS report is very relevant to me personally and more importantly to the patients I serve. The Alberta College of Family Physicians believes strongly that every Albertan deserves access to a family doctor and comprehensive team of providers. The evidence shows that adding more physicians will improve health outcomes for Albertans. While more than 70% of care is delivered in the community by a family doctor, the uncertainty of practice viability and sustainability are a growing and serious concern for medical students, residents, 
and young physicians starting their careers. This creates some uncertainty regarding the future of family medicine. In fact, these issues are a significant reason why fewer medical students are choosing to pursue family medicine as a speciality. We need meaningful responses to this trend with a system redesign. Alberta's family physicians need to be supported by a health system that understands both the communities they serve and the resources needed to take care of the population they serve. To retain the family physicians we have and attract new ones, we need to build new systems that support family physicians and primary health care teams to provide quality, comprehensive care close to home for their patients. The BAPS report presents a well-grounded case for change. There are several core recommendations to refocus the primary health care system, which includes access to team-based care, integration between primary health care and community care, and a foundation for a coordinated and accountable primary health care system. Specific rural implementation details with each of the recommendations have been documented, which is good to hear from a rural family physician like myself. We are encouraged that key primary care partners, including the Alberta Medical Association and the Alberta College of Family Physicians, will be part of the task force to provide recommendations on ways to reduce the administrative burden for primary care providers and their teams, which takes time away from seeing patients. New innovative remuneration models to support comprehensive primary care and providing resources to help family physicians with growing patient caseloads. We are also pleased with the proposed new governance models that will allow for more effective support for the patient's medical home and for unattached vulnerable patients. Team-based care will improve access to care for all Albertans. We are pleased to join the task force and believe continued collaboration and immediate action will bring us closer to our collective vision, which of course is improved primary health care and outcomes for all our citizens. Thank you. Great, thank you, Doctor. We'll move into the Q&A portion. Um, so with us, so just as a reminder, we have Minister LaGrange, Dr. Janet Reynolds, co-chair of the Modernizing Alberta's Primary Healthcare System Strategic Advisory Panel, uh, Dr. Tyler White, CEO of Siksika Health Services and chair of the MAPS Indigenous Panel, and Dr. Noel, Noel De, De Cunha, president of Alberta College of Family Physicians. So we'll start with questions in the room and then we'll go to the phones. Um, do we have a first question at the mic? Jonathan Bradley, Western Standard. The Alberta United Conservative Party promised during the election to bring in an Alberta's calling signing bonus to recruit more healthcare workers. What is the status of that at the moment? 
Well, we are recruiting more healthcare workers. I was in PEI with the ministers of health from right across Canada, and we're all going through the same same exercise. Everybody um, is looking for more uh, healthcare professionals right across all the gamuts, whether it's nurses, doctors, healthcare aides, et cetera. Um, I can say that in family physicians, uh, we have recruited an additional 109. We've increased by 109 across the province, but uh, we know that that's not enough. And my follow-up question is, seven Alberta hospitals have reinstated mass mandates uh, because of a directive from Alberta Health Services. What do you think of that? Well, the directive on enhanced masking really is in response to um, COVID uh, making an appearance on on those units. And so they're taking a very surgical approach. And where there is an outbreak on a unit that they are requesting and having enhanced masking for their their workers. And obviously, they also have um, a path forward for uh, removing those masks when the time comes. Great. Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, Next question at the mic. Thank you. NSA, uh, <clears throat> sorry. NSA City News. Uh, the MAPS recommendations sound very promising, and we report on the healthcare problems all the time, but we want to know from you what are the problems in Alberta's healthcare right now that the MAPS report rec- uh, showed to you? Well, in, in, I would say the MAPS uh, report um, was the need for it was a result of the fact that there are significant challenges right across the whole province. And I, I dare say right across the whole country and, and even globally, um, there is a shortage of family physicians and those in particular that are wanting to uh, practice comprehensive care. Um, it also shows that in Alberta, while we were um, early on adopters of team-based care, whether it was through the primary care networks or other compensation models that we still have gaps and that there is a need to address those gaps and so it was very clear through the report that we need to do better we need to have a better compensation model. We need to provide uh, more services and, and better services to our our community, uh, to uh, Albertans, and we need to get better outcomes. And working together in team, that's, that's the whole focus of primary care, is working together in team. And these great folks behind me who do that each and every day, um, you know, could probably expand upon it more. But uh, the fact that this is a common vision, it wasn't just government, it wasn't just doctors, it wasn't just nurses or primary, uh, other primary care, um, um, health care professionals. It was all of everyone coming together with a common vision. So that's why this is so important and so monumental. And the fact that there's an Indigenous component that, you know, they have their own vision as well. I think that's exceptional. Great. Thanks. That follow up? Yeah. Uh, despite all the promises and the work that's been done in the healthcare, the wait times continue to become longer, whether it's the family doctors, the pediatricians, the specialists, or the emergency rooms. What is being done about that? Well, this is an important first step because when we strengthen uh, primary care, we keep uh, people out of hospital um, longer. We also know that people who have strong family uh, primary care, that they also have the ability to um, to access supports that require them to not access emergency rooms or that if they do go to an emergency room, their stay is shorter, et cetera. So there's a lot of downstream benefits to it. All of this will 
work together. It has to be a multi-pronged approach. It cannot be a, just this or that. That's why um, Dr. Reynolds really spoke to the fact that all of these recommendations have to be taken together. They can't just be um, uh, a selective menu. We have to look at all of the elements and, and act on all of them. Thank you. Great, thanks. Uh, next question at the mic. Hi, uh, my name is Yves for CBC French Service. Uh, my question today uh, is regarding the access to uh, family doctors. So the measures announced today are mainly revol revolve mainly around the administrative burden, but how reducing this burden w will allow uh, physician and nurse practitioner to see more patients a day? How many per day more patients will they be able to see? Sure, I'll, I'll let, um, you know, um, the specialists behind me that are actually doing the on-the-ground work uh, answer that in a moment. But my understanding, <clears throat> having spoken to many family uh, physicians and other healthcare professionals, is that the amount of administrative work um, that they're doing has actually grown over the last number of years. And so if we can reduce that, even by a small number, that means they can see more patients. But happy to turn it over to Dr. Reynolds. Dr. Kamuna, like, or both of you. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the question. I think uh, we know that working in team increases capacity of the physician to see more patients or manage more patients. So a larger panel, maybe even 10% bigger, would help address some of the unattached patient problem. Um, but it's hard to put a finite number on that. The most important principle of the team-based care is accessing the right person at the right time uh, and not just having access to a family physician. Maybe you want to add to that, Dr. Dukin. So I live with this every day. As I'm standing here right now, there's probably 70 tasks in my inbox with lab reports, letters from specialists, and all kinds of stuff that there's no designated time to deal with. And so an average day will generate several hours of more paperwork bureaucracy. And that bureaucracy includes six copies of the same report because of the way the electronic reporting system works. And with more help dealing with just that, the normal lab reports, the uh, letters that we get that don't need any specific medical action, if we had support dealing with that, but just with that, that would make such a big difference to our day and would certainly encourage family physicians to stay in family practice. A lot of family physicians are electing to leave comprehensive care and do session work in hospitals as hospitalists because it doesn't carry the extra burden of all the bureaucracy. And so yeah, with, with a, a short-term goal of increasing help with a lot of the bureaucracy we deal with would make a huge difference to our working lives. Okay, good. And yes, please. Yeah, thank you. Just adding to my colleagues' comments and the minister's comments relative to nurse practitioners. First off, you know, our, our physicians, nurse practitioners, they're heroes. I, I want to state that first and foremost. You know, there's always this critical pointing fig, um, fingers at physicians and nurses and nurse practitioners. Well, they're heroes. And I think for us, for our community, um, we have benefited greatly from nurse practitioners. They are part of the team, as the minister has mentioned, um, whether it's in, in our clinics, dealing with addictions, dealing with mental health, 
right across the board. And so we have a long experience with nurse practitioners, community paramedics, and other groups that are part of the healthcare system. So I fully support, again, the measures that are being taken today with the nurse practitioners, fully support their role within the healthcare system, and we need to, we need to do more. So today is a, a really good step forward, so appreciate that. Have a follow-up regarding exactly nurse practitioners and doctors. Yes, they can do a great deal, but uh, to date there was no specific measure to implement more doctors and nurses. I understand that you cannot clap your fingers and hop a hundred doctors appear, but w how those measures will help to um, have more doctors and nurses? Why today? Can, can't you arrive with a plan for that? Why, why was it not in the plan? Because that's part of the bigger plan as well. Um, we have been working on that, um, as was alluded to in a previous question, that we have a strategy in place, a workforce strategy in place to address that very issue. Um, we know that we need to recruit more, particularly to rural remote areas. Uh, we know that there's high demand in certain fields, particularly family medicine, um, whether it's nurses, nurse practitioners, healthcare aides, um, you know, doctors. Um, you know, you can pretty well pick any any uh, field, healthcare field, and, and there's a need. And I heard that very loud and clear right across all of Canada from my other colleagues, the ministers of health, when I met, um, when we all met together um, in PEI last week. Uh, but really what today is about is putting a roadmap forward on shining a spotlight on pardon me, on primary care. The fact that it is the foundation, and it should be the foundation of our healthcare system, and it really hasn't been. Um, the focus has been lost over the years um, on this, and we need to refocus. And so that is a message that I'm giving here today, that we are refocusing. Yes, uh, we know that there are challenges, and we are here to address those challenges. So this is our roadmap, kind of our marching orders. Um, this is a living, these are living documents. These are not documents that are gonna be put on the shelf as is uh, shown by the immediate actions that we're taking. Then we're moving into the, you know, the more um, medium and long-term actions that need to, you know, and we are looking at the task force to help us with that and also working with the AMA because we also know that the compensation model isn't right. So we need to address that. And, you know, addressing that will attract more physicians. So it's going to be this synergistic uh, movement of doing these recommendations working together with all of the other strategies that we are also um, that have out, that we have out there, including the workforce strategy, you know, incentives um, for uh, physicians and other healthcare professionals in certain areas, et cetera. So this is not a standalone. This is another piece to the puzzle. Great, thanks. Thank we you. have time for two or three more questions. So with that, we'll go to the phones. Um, operator, can you put through the first caller? Thanks for taking my question. Um, so my first question is on performance and accountability. Um, so it's talking about measuring that um, and consistency and monitoring and evaluation. I'm just wondering, when, when it says align primary health care funding with delivery and accountability under the new provincial governance model, does that mean if uh, these cl clinics or if practitioners don't meet the standards, they get a funding cut, or what does that mean? 
No, it really means looking at what can we develop together as a um, as a functional model, as a, a better compensation model, as a more effective model that will actually address the concerns that we have, have out there. And one of the biggest concerns is that we have a large number of individuals, um, Albertans, that aren't attached to a family um, comprehensive primary care provider. So we need to ensure that we are able to get that attachment. So it, it really is looking to, you know, looking at what are the systems that we have in place right now, whether it's primary care networks, whether it's individual clinics, et cetera, fee-for-service, all of these different elements that we have, what's working well, what's not working so well, and how do we then move things forward and have some accountability to make sure that we have um, the ability for all Albertans to have a primary care home. Catherine, a follow-up? Yeah, and, and this might be for Dr. White, uh, but if the minister wants to answer as well, um, the Indigenous panel report talks about um, systemic racism within the healthcare system, but it also says that, of course, health doesn't exist in a vacuum. And I know, of course, the, the focus was on health, but um, is, is the hope that by addressing uh, the racism within the healthcare system mean we can um, heal in other areas, or do we need to address things at a, at a parallel level, like in, in the justice system, in the education, in environment? Well, I, I would say that we will need to address it in all these areas, for sure, that you mentioned. Um, that being said, we know that in health, it, 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 it does exist. And so to acknowledge that it exists and then put a strategy in place to counteract it is very, very important. But I will leave that to Dr. White to expand upon. Thank you, Minister. And just to add to Minister's comments, I think uh, for one, you know, we have this acknowledgement that it does exist. We have examples across the country um, of uh, extremely heartfelt and difficult situations. So I'm glad that was one of the things that the report has acknowledged and a pathway to address. And one of those ways are through our ways as Indigenous people by using navigators using elders, uh, getting feedback and guidance from chief. There's not a one-size-fits-all with this approach. We have to be respectful of the different uh, treaties, uh, Métis, Inuit groups here. And so I'm encouraged that we have this pathway and runway and to be able to be creative and be able to support these urgent needs that do exist. So that's, thank you. Great, thanks. Operator, can we put through the next caller? CBC? Hi there. Uh, not sure if you can hear me. Um, I just had a question for Dr. Reynolds about recommendation 11 in the MAPS uh, report. It talks about significantly investing in primary care and says the total level of funding required to implement the recommendations must be sufficient to fully address the gaps noted and implement the full set of recommendations. But you don't give a proportion of how much you're saying that primary care is underfunded. What kind of investment do you think is necessary to implement all of these recommendations you've included here? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's a question for me or the minister. Um, it's really difficult to articulate, but it's a magnitude uh, that doesn't exist right now, is what I would say. There's acknowledgement with the um, launching of the MAPS initiative and the report that there's investment needed throughout the whole primary health care system, um, and the exact number is absolutely yet to be determined. Uh, currently, we know it's 
you know, depending on the numbers that you look at, less than 20% of all health spending is spent in primary care, and it needs to be much bigger if that's to be our strong foundation for Albertans. I don't know if you want to add anything. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, happy to add a little more to that um, and, and, and agree with uh, what Dr. Reynolds has indicated. Uh, we know that in Budget 23-24, we allocated $125 million over three years, really to start the process and to work on these initial first steps, but we know more is required. Um, and that's why the uh, task force um, timelines are so tight. Um, you know, I'm expecting a interim report by January, a final report by March, uh, so that it can inform the next budget. That's why I'll be working very closely with the Alberta a medical association uh, looking at a compensation model uh, that uh, we can move forward on. So we, we know that more is required, but what that number is, we don't know just yet. And a follow-up? Yes. Uh, back to nurse practitioners. I think this is a question for the minister. We've heard promises about talks, about uh, getting nurse practitioners up and running their own clinics, being able to bill for a long time. What is your timeline for actually bringing this to fruition? Well, we will be um, working with the uh, College of Nurses as well as the um, Association of Nurse Practitioners to get this up and running as quickly as possible. Of course, um, it'll be dependent on the nurse practitioners themselves and their desire to, to move into this space. But my understanding is they're very keen to get going. Great. Thank you. Operator, can you put through our last caller? Please, in general. Hi, thanks for taking my question. I'm hoping that Dr. Reynolds can answer this one um, because there's a lot of language in, in this report that I think um, warrants a little bit of translation just to simplify it for, for Albertans. So I'm wondering if you can explain in layman's terms how Albertans should interpret the scope of recommendation number two, the align primary health care funding with delivery and accountability under a new provincial governance model. What what does that new governance model look like in, in simple terms? Uh, I think it, it probably, I'll start by saying the current governance model um, is a little bit cobbled together. And so there are areas where there's lack of clarity, lack of accountability, funding not necessarily flowing through where it needs to go, uh, given the expectations of the care that should be delivered. So... Probably the most important message I can give you is that the recommendation supports being very clear on what the governance model should be and that funding should follow uh, expectations. I'll leave it there and see if you have a follow-up question. Lisa, follow-up? Yeah, thank you for that. Um, I'm, I'm also wondering how closely does the creation of the new division in Alberta Health that's being announced today, how closely does that align with the recommendation? Does this announcement today represent a shift in responsibility from AHS to Alberta Health, or how does that align with your with your recommendations? So the, um, the development of a department within my ministry, Alberta Health, 
that would focus on primary care um, is important, as is the Indigenous um, focus. What will happen is there will actually be an Assistant Deputy Minister in both those areas with staff that will be focused on ensuring that we develop policy and, imp and implement the recommendations and that they'll be able to work with partners. Right now, we don't have that. That doesn't exist within the department and it needs to exist uh, given the prominence that we are making on these uh, very important aspects of the maps and the Indigenous maps. Uh, so um, it doesn't exist now, but it's going to, and it's going to make a positive difference. Great, thank you. That's all the time we have today. So if there are any other follow-up questions, my name and email are at the bottom of the news release that has gone out. So feel free to follow up. Thank you. Thank you.